morning at the crosswalk. How is everybody today? Well, that's pretty good. But you know, if I were to ask that of you individually, I would get different answers if we were honest, right? You know, how are you today? Okay, you didn't have to respond, but <laughs> some of you, I mean, there were three or four greats, but there's a lot more than three or four in the room, right? My, my guess is that all of us, if we're going to focus today on fearless, and if we're going to focus on peace, that some of us might say, you know, peace is a little elusive right now for me. Now, I may feel great, or may say I'm great, but, you know, when it really comes down to it, I've got... I've got a need for a deep-seated peace that's a little elusive right now. You know, one of my favorite passages of Scripture, or shall I say chapters in the Bible, is the fourth chapter of Philippians. I love that chapter. I think I've told you before, my mother had it framed on a wall in our home throughout my growing up that, that said, uh, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank Him for His answers. But the seventh verse of that fourth chapter says, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Wow. Today I want to focus not on a, on a world peace, even though you know we, we long, as that old spiritual said, where the, war, where the world will study war no more. I want to talk about that peace that comes to us individually, that personal sense of peace, that peace that passes understanding, that is your gift and mine today, there for the receiving. Today I want to focus on, um, some people call it the second version of the nativity. It's Matthew's version. And the reason we call it the second version of the nativity is because in Luke's version, that's where we have the sheep on the hillside and the shepherds and the angel coming to the shepherds and the, and the stable and all of that. In Matthew, you have none of that. You do have some connecting points. You have Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus, of course. But before that, you have angels. An angel appears to Mary in Luke's version and an angel appears to Joseph in Matthew's version. You put them both together and the nativity serve, uh, a story as a whole has an angel attending to Mary and Joseph. For both of them needed a sense of peace in a very trying time in their lives. And both of them visited by an angel. And the angel says to both of them, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. In essence, the angel has said to both Mary and to Joseph, I've come to bring you peace in a word. And that word is what we're going to study today. I want us to turn in our Bibles to Matthew, the first chapter, the 18th verse. And out of love and respect for God's word, let's stand for the reading of God's word. Now hear this familiar passage. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother, Mary, had been engaged to Joseph, but before they had lived together, she, had, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, 
planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, and she will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And when Joseph awoke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife but had no marital relations with her until she had born a son. And he named him Jesus. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. God had an angel speak to Joseph. And that angel speaking to Joseph spoke to him about who he was and the gift that God was bringing to him in a responsibility and how that gift would not only be for him but ultimately in his response to that gift would be a gift for the world. It's a messy story and it's a messy circumstance. You have Joseph finding out that Mary, this woman whom he was engaged to in essence, was going to have a baby and he knew it wasn't his. But it says something about Joseph, too, and his integrity. He was not going to disgrace her, but he was going to dismiss her quietly. Now, can you imagine how far Joseph was from peace at that time? In, in learning this circumstance, even from an angel, even if he embraced that truth, it was a sense in which there was a sense in which peace was elusive. But can we imagine where Mary was? If Mary were found out to be in the condition she was in without a husband, uh, by the Levitical law, she could be stoned to death. And at best, she'd be ostracized. So this, this situation is a situation of, of great anxiety and turmoil. But I think Joseph continues to hear the angel's words ringing in, in his ear. For this baby that Mary is expecting will save the people from their sins. And Jesus in, is interpreted to mean, mean Jehovah, and Jehovah means salvation. So Jesus is named God Saves. Now this morning I want to talk about a couple of gifts that we have uh, through this text of Scripture that come to us by way of, of peace. The angel brings forth the birth announcement of peace and then comes through the gift of offering forgiveness. I want us to hear that. The gift that brings us peace first comes in the gift of forgiveness. Jesus comes to save the people from their sins. Jesus came to save you and me from our sins, from our separation from God. 
Jesus came to blot out any evil that separates us from God. Jesus came to reconcile and to restore our right relationship with God. So forgiveness, what Joseph heard from the angel, forgiveness was to be the first gift that was to be given to humanity through this babe of Bethlehem. Have you received it? Forgiveness happens because God moves toward us and offers us the gift. Forgiveness happens is because our God is a proactive God. God doesn't just sit back, but God comes into the world in the form of this baby, Emmanuel, God is with us. God's not leaving. And God's coming offering salvation through forgiveness that gives us that deep-seated peace. You know, you think about our Judeo-Christian uh, story and, and you think about how God first started out and he first started out with covenants to the people and, and through the giving of the law but that did not bring God's people salvation and then God established kings and, and sent us prophets but that, that didn't bring salvation either in the fullness of time God sent a little baby born in Bethlehem named Jesus to be the salvation of the world. In Galatians, the fourth chapter, the fourth and fifth verses, we read this. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as children of God. Did you know that the nativity was spoken about in Galatians by Paul? But it is. It is. And that gift is a gift, first of all, of forgiveness. You know, the second gift I want to talk about today is the gift of acceptance. And we don't read that word acceptance in the words of the text as much as we read them into the context that, that we have given rise to the Scripture. Here's Joseph probably feeling like a nobody. And here's Joseph all of a sudden feeling worse than a nobody. He's feeling like he's completely and totally out of control. He's in a circumstance that he can't handle. And all of a sudden an angel comes crashing into his world and tells him not to be afraid. And that angel comes bringing into that context of his life, you are accepted. The gift of acceptance. Paul Tillich was one of the great theological giants of the 20th, 20th century. And he said this, The fundamental religious act is acceptance. We must accept the fact that we're accepted. Can you simply believe that this is true? Do you need to hear this word today that that God is saying to you not only that I offer you the gift of salvation, but I want you to know I know who you are. I know everything about you. And I've accepted you. Do you accept that you are accepted? This is the good news of great joy to all the people that you're accepted. Do you accept it? You know, I read a, a, a Christmas story this time of year. You know, 35 years of ministry, 
I've been preaching, I've preached 10 sermons on this particular passage. And you think, what am I going to say this year? So I was, I was looking through some of the stories that I've, 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 I've shared in the past or haven't used some of those I haven't used. And, and I came across a story by the Reverend Wayne Codero. Wayne is a pastor in Washington uh, State. And he tells this very simple story that I can relate to. His story is about his daughter, Amy, when she was four years old in the midst of a, a Christmas concert. Now, did I tell you that my grandbaby Claire Bear crawled this week? Did I tell you that? I meant to tell you that first. You know, I would share the video with you, but I asked her parents if I could share it with the world, that the world needed to see my grandbaby crawl, and they said, nah. But I can relate to this story this year in a very special way. He said that, um, that in came the fourth graders, you know, and there were little risers there in the front, and the fourth graders were taking their places as the parents and grandparents were all out there with their different forms of photography, you know. And as the kids getting onto the risers were seeing their parents and grandparents, they were doing this number. Hey, Mom! Hey, Dad! Hey, Grandpa! Grandma! You know, they, they were completely distracted by the fact that they saw people they knew out in the audience, and they were about to perform. And the music teacher was trying to get their attention. We're going to sing Joy to the World. And, and she was trying to get their attention. And she had um, just started the song with the children singing and waving. And all of a sudden, a little antsy boy on the back row got a little too antsy. He fell off the back, backflip, and he takes about four or five kids with him. There, there was no one hurt. But there was crying going on. So you have these mothers, backstage mothers, trying to get these kids back in place and trying to comfort them so they wouldn't cry through the rest of Joy to the World. And the music teacher, Wayne, said, never stopped. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. She never stopped. He said it was the most chaotic experience he'd ever witnessed. And he said when those kids were finished singing and they were finished with all of that with some teary-eyed boys in the back and, and everybody was finished, he said the, the audience erupted in a standing ovation. And he said to himself in the hallway, we just gave a standing ovation to the worst concert I have ever witnessed. Everyone in the audience was taking pictures of the worst concert we had ever seen. And then he thought, but wasn't Amy beautiful? Wasn't she wonderful? And reflecting on this concert, Wayne wrote this. Why in the world did I applaud it wasn't because of their performance. It was because that was my little girl, Amy. I applauded them not based on performance, but based on relationship. When I was thinking about that, it was as if the Lord again reminded me, Hey, Wayne, that's why I applaud you. It has nothing to do with your performance. And it has everything to do with the fact that I am in relationship with you. And you're my kid. 
Now, I realize I'm talking to mostly adults in the room, some youth. You need to hear that. You're God's kid. And God's love and acceptance of you has nothing to do with your performance. Your failures are your successes. It has everything to do with God's initiative of reaching out to us in the babe of Bethlehem and saying, I am with you always. I love you. Here's the gift of forgiveness. I love you. Here's the gift of my acceptance. You're my kid. Do I have a witness? In the book, Gentle Thunder, Max Licato gives a classic expression of the gift of acceptance. I love the way Max writes. One of the sweetest reasons God saved you is because he's fond of you. He likes having you around. He thinks you're the best thing coming down the pike in quite a while. If God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. If God had a wallet, your photo would be in it. He sends you flowers in the spring and a sunrise every morning. And whenever you want to talk, God will listen. God can live anywhere in the universe, but he chose your heart. And the Christmas gift that was sent to you in Bethlehem, face it. He's crazy about you. Let that sink in. God is crazy about you. I think I'm crazy about Claire Bear. I think that Wayne Cordero's crazy about Amy. Who are we in light of God? And if God loves me more than I love my grandbaby, I'm overwhelmed. It's a peace that passes understanding. Y'all seen my sock? Look at these socks. I'll get over there in a minute. Look at them. Man. I wore these in his taxes, they'd be wondering. Look at these socks. They're my George Bush socks. <laughs> you know, no matter what your politics are here, we've all been captivated as a country. We've seen a little bit of a snippet, or maybe we watched a lot of George Bush's services this week. You know, I was taken aback by um, kind of the last train ride and that last service when his body was finally, finally laid rest. Right beside Barbara and Robin, their four-year-old daughter who died of leukemia nearly 70 years ago. And one commentator said this. 
Barbara and George never got over Robin's death. They didn't dwell on it in an unhealthy way. But they never forgot it. And they never forgot their faith that saw them through. You know, I, I can't imagine the peace robber that the death of a child would be. Some of you have experienced that. I can relate to the bushes not getting over Robin's death. I can relate to that. It was a peace robber. I read a story this week about a little five-year-old, a six-year-old boy named Billy who, like Robin, had leukemia in a day when leukemia was really difficult to treat. Thank God today when children get leukemia, there's a good chance for a cure. But this mother, can you imagine what she was going through and the peace that was so elusive to her? She knew that her little boy didn't have much longer to live. And she asked him this amazing question. Billy, what do you want to be when you grow up? Knowing that he wouldn't. But knowing she wanted to give him that sense of peace. And Billy said with a smile on his face and all the confidence in the world, I want to be a fireman. So she said, well, let's pray and see what God will help us with. She got on the phone, called the fire um, department of Phoenix, Arizona. They put her in touch with Fireman Bob. Fireman Bob was over the station in the neighborhood where their home was. And she explained the situation of Billy's terminal illness. And Bob said, I, I think I can do something about that. He said, let me know his sizes because I want to get him a fire suit. I want to get him one of those yellow slickers and some real fire boots. I want him to feel like a fireman for a day. I'm going to pick him up and we're going to have him eat with the, the fireman and we're going to have him go on calls if that's okay with you. We're going to give him the full experience. And she said, well, you know what? He's healthy enough right now to do that. And so she said, give me three days. And three days later on a Monday, she picks him up. He, he, he drives there and picks him up and and they, they get him in his little fire suit and his little rubber boots. And he has donuts there with the fireman. And, and, and then when a call goes out, he's on the hook and ladder truck. Can you imagine? And, and then there were three calls that day. He rode with the paramedics van and he also rode with the fire chief himself. He had a day to never forget. And his mother got a little bit closer to experiencing that peace that passes understanding. Billy was so happy. Those firemen were happy too that they could give such a gift to a little boy and his mother. Billy lived three more months longer than the doctors thought he would. But on that night, when his vital signs were dropping dramatically, the head nurse and the hospice nurse said, you know, his time is getting short. Mom made a call to Fireman Bob, told him the situation. He said, let me make a call or two. And Bob called the proper authorities with the city and with the hospital. 
the whole town of Phoenix knew about little Billy because his, his story with the firemen had been all over the news. And so they make special arrangements for the hook and ladder truck to come to the hospital to raise that ladder right up to the window of Billy's room and for those 16 firemen to go through the window. And they got permission from the mom to each one hug little Billy one last time. He called her back and said, we're coming. When you hear the sirens, they're all alerted that there's no fire. We're just coming to see Billy. Sure enough, the sirens came, the hook and ladder up, and the firemen one by one crawled through the window in his room, one by one gave Billy a hug. And then Fireman Bob. And Billy said to Fireman Bob, Fireman Bob, am I really a fireman now? And this great fireman said, Billy, you are. And the head chief, Jesus, is holding your hand. And Billy said, I know he's been holding my hand all day and I've been hearing angels sing Fireman Bob angels a few minutes later he closed his eyes and breathed his last with the peace that passes understanding his little gift peace that his mother needed her gift as well you know sometimes our need is to know we are forgiven we're so weighed down by what we've done or what we haven't done or, or this circumstance or that circumstance that we feel separated from God and God says my forgiveness is yours peace that passes understanding yours Sometimes just about who we are, we can't imagine that God could accept us. And God says, hey, you're my kid. Here's my peace. You're accepted. And sometimes like this mom, we're in the midst of circumstances that we cannot control. And, and we feel completely and totally helpless. God says, remember my name. I'm Emmanuel. I'm with you. And when I'm on the scene with you, peace happens. The peace that passes understanding happens. Let's pray. Lord, we're gathered here today, crosswalk, your kids come here from a lot of different places as individuals but we come here today in the context of community to thankfully receive your gift Lord for those who are here today who need to hear that word of forgiveness let them know it's not based on their performance that their acceptance isn't based on what they do or what they don't do. 
but who they are. Your kids. Lord, love us with the gift of your peace. It's hard for us to understand, but we're so thankful we can experience it. Amen.